0: It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson.
1: We are recording this episode of This Might Get Uncomfortable on Memorial Day. And yesterday, which was a Sunday, I decided to take my dog Bella and do a improvised outing in the world. And I have not been going out much during the time of this pandemic that we are all still in. Which, as an aside, it's really interesting, Whitney. This is totally tangential before I get to today's subject. But on social media, I have been seeing so many people paraphrasing this verbiage of the pandemic being over. Like, they're literally saying the pandemic's over or alluding to the fact that it's over. That's a whole different level of concern and curiosity with that kind of languaging. But the pandemic, in my mind, is still happening. So I haven't been out much. I go out probably two days a week. I go once for physical therapy and I go once to the farmer's market with my girlfriend, Laura. So yesterday I did something a little unusual. I was like, all right, I'm going to take the dog and we're going to go to check out a record store here in Los Angeles. So if anyone is an audiophile, you're into vinyl records, there's a really cool record store and it's in Echo Park. It's called Cosmic Vinyl. It's been open for a few years, but I, I had been meaning to go and they've got a really cool cafe inside. I got a lavender matcha latte. It was delicious. The two baristas had cat tattoos. So we bonded over cat tattoos. Everyone fell in love with Bella. It was really, really sweet. So I got, I got to talking with the two baristas about whether or not they're going to have live music in the record store. And they said, yeah, we have this mobile stage that comes up from the back. And we're planning on booking more bands because everyone who works here is also in a band. I got to talking to them about music and everything. And So Bella and I walked around Echo Park, and we stumbled into a couple vintage stores, as Bella does. She kind of pulls on the leash and says, Dad, let's go into this store. So I let Bella kind of just do the guiding yesterday. And it had been a long time since I I had an outing like that. And so it was really lovely. When I got home later in the day, I felt a... Overwhelming wave of sadness. And I wasn't clear why I felt so sad. It's like, well, we were out and we had this great matcha lavender latte and we were looking at old records and connecting with other artists and meeting sweet new people. Because anytime you take Belle out, I mean, she's an adorable mini French bulldog. You're going to meet people. She's like a guaranteed connection point. But speaking of connection, I realized that the reason I felt so sad when I got home is because I have been a lot more lonely than I have been acknowledging in my life. Like really, really deep loneliness. And I started to get curious why I felt so lonely and have been feeling so lonely. And there's the obvious, like, we're in a pandemic, you've been inside, you only go out twice a week. Yes. But this deeper level of sadness, Whitney, I started to get clear about a few reasons behind this, and and I want to dedicate a large chunk of today's episode around the epidemic of loneliness. And when you Google that phrase, the epidemic of loneliness, a lot of really fascinating studies and a little mini documentary I'm going to talk about in a little bit came up. And with my own battle with loneliness, Whitney, I've realized there's something very specific that's driving it for me. And it's that I don't feel like I am connected to community right now because when we talk about loneliness there's different versions i have five incredibly sweet loving animals here i have an amazing girlfriend laura that i see multiple times a week you and i do this podcast you and i don't see each other physically that much but we do see each other it's like when you and i do this podcast in some ways wit it's like you and i sitting down and kicking it and having a conversation we we hope you dear listener feel that way too but this loneliness wit has as far as i can tell from from meditating on it yesterday and really crying a lot about it I think it was triggered by meeting those two young women who were baristas at the record store and how they were saying they were in bands and there's all these bands playing. And I haven't been in a band. Well, I was kind of in a band a little bit with our our friend Kit and Karoy and Damon Valley, who, you know, we did that school night mashup thing about three years ago. but. I think what what is the core of this like deep chronic loneliness for me, this pain that I'm feeling, is I don't feel connected to a community. I don't feel connected to creative collaborators right now. And it feels, honestly, it feels really lonely to create on my own. I've been writing more songs lately and doing jingles and songs. That's all on my own. The writing that I do is all on my own. You know, you and I split the duties with our brand Wellevator in this podcast, but my point is that... I really feel like I don't have a community anymore, and I don't have a group of creative collaborators, and I miss that, and I thrive on that. And I think the isolation has given many gifts, right? But the isolation has also shown me that creating on my own in isolation is fucking lonely for me. And so the question now is, I don't know how to reconnect with community or find new creative collaborators. I feel like I'm a bit lost right now. And and I also want to say this before I pass the baton to you, Whitney, and we talk more about loneliness and this little documentary and article from The Atlantic I want to talk about, but it's been exacerbated by social media. And I think with Memorial Day, the day we're recording this, I've just been seeing so many people like yeah, we're on a boat and we're in this huge party and we've got all our friends together and people doing shots and and DJs and bands. And, and I'm kind of seeing like people getting together with their communities. And I don't think it's healthy for me because it's just exacerbating this acute sense of loneliness I have and disconnection that I feel. So it's like, you know, another reason for me to get the fuck off social media. It's making it worse, you know? And I feel sad because I feel like I don't have... A community right now. And I, I don't really know what to do now that I've, ad- I kind of, I've identified this feeling and the root of the loneliness, right? I'm not, I don't know what to do with it. So many friends of ours, whether that's mutual friends of yours and mine, Whitney, or, or friends of mine have moved like the, and I, you know, they're like, I'm not coming back to LA. Like I'm, I'm fucking outy And so it's amplified by the sense that so many good friends have moved away. And I just, I just feel sad and lonely right now. And I have a deep desire to somehow reconfigure or find new community, or I I really don't know what to do about it with. So I, I'm, I'm bringing it up because I want to be honest about how lonely I've been and how sad I've been about it and just getting clear about why, you know, I don't know. That's all. Before we get into the article and some of the other thoughts, I just wanted to pass it back to you. So thanks for, <laughs> you were feeling slap happy before the episode and I'm like, let me be a downer and talk about how sad and lonely I am.
0: Well, to be frank, I can't relate. And I'm not saying that to be harsh. I'm just being honest. I I was reflecting, I have a kind of like the opposite problem it feels like where I really don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to. You don't to talk want to be around dead. people, do
1: you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, nope, I don't. I got a phone call this morning from someone who's like a strong acquaintance of mine, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna pick up and now I feel like debt like I have to call this person back. And I have another friend who always wants to talk. I love talking to my sister like it's it's interesting because there's certain people in my life. My sister probably feels that way about me, but we' talk a ton. And I'm usually the one that wants to talk to her more than she wants to talk to me. It's very, very different with her. So it's not like I don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, I talk to you. We will talk no matter what through the podcast. So I kind of get that out of my system. And maybe that's part of the reason I feel just nourished. Like we have guests on the show. Usually we record at least once a week with a guest. We record twice a week minimum on just the two of us. And... I have meetings and like I there's just so much going on and, and that's led me to feel a lot of social fatigue. And it's interesting because I, I know I read this somewhere recently. I don't know if it was an article or in a book, but I will see if I can pull it up. I feel like it was an article about related to the pandemic and how I thought that I would be feeling, replenished. And like, it'd be easier for me to socialize and I'd yearn to socialize, but I don't, I almost feel like I want to socialize even less than I did beforehand. And I, gosh, I don't know where I was reading that, but hmm, I'll have to think about this.
1: Well, can I ask you something about that? Because that's a really interesting statement to say You f- you feel like you want to socialize less than before. Is it sort of a reticence that you feel because you anticipate you're going to be drained by those interactions? Like, what is at the core of that for you?
0: I'm not entirely sure yet, to be honest. Like, I just, there are certain people where, and it might be particular to certain people, I'm not sure. Because like I said, it's very different with my sister. Like, it's so rare that I can't think of any time that I don't want to talk to my sister. And we've actually spoken so much recently. We FaceTime multiple times a week. We don't really plan it. It just happens. Like I'll just dial her up. We use Snapchat to send each other videos. We're on TikTok messaging each other videos every single day. We text like she's coming to visit me soon. Like again like <laughs> it's not fully mutual my sister and i are very different like i don't we're not like this mutual best friend i think that she her best friends are technically actual friends not me but you know i would put her up there and one of my best friends easily because like we just have this ease and we get each other i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but i've i've felt for many years that my sister and i have what i imagine it's like as a relationship with a twin, like we communicate non-verbally. We can sometimes literally read each other's minds or get very close and guess. you know, like we just have this deep connection. And I think that makes it so easy. Whereas I think part of what makes socializing hard for me. And one of the reasons I get drained by it is, is I want deep connection. So it's really easy to talk to you, Jason, because I don't feel like you put on like any sort of mask with me unless like, you know, you, I see you doing that when we're in groups with other people. Like I certainly, and I'm sure I do it too. Like, you know, the different postures and tones of voice that we have with certain people. And like, I certainly fall into that pattern of like the professional version of me and That's a little bit different, but I also find that draining and maybe that's part of it. And in fact, it reminds me of – I happened to, outside of you bringing this up, Jason, on YouTube, I came across a couple like semi-viral videos, whatever you want to define viral as, like between fifty to 100,000 views from a small channel. So for this channel, it was viral. And there's this man named Josh Hitty. I don't know, H-I-T-T-I, and he has six videos on his channel, under 13,000 subscribers, but his videos all get a minimum of 20,000 views, and his very first video got over 350,000 views, and the title of this video is, 32 years old, I have no friends, is it social anxiety? And then he has like update videos, a day in the life with no friends. Then when he turned 33, he said, I still have no friends. And he's like doing Q and A's like, basically his entire channel is what life is like with no friends. And I've barely watched his videos. I've only seen like a few minutes of them. One thing I really like is that he, they're very raw. He's most like half of his videos are on the longer side. Some of them are really short. I don't think he edits them much. His channels actually says, keep going mental health matters. So he definitely has a mental health spin. I've been wanting to dig further into his videos. So maybe you and I can talk about it. Maybe even bring him on as a guest if he's open to it. And because I looked at his videos, Jason, I started getting the algorithm kicked in. And today it showed me a video from last year of this other girl who titled the video, Having No Friends and Why It's Okay. This has over 70,000 views. And she also is a relatively small channel and over a thousand comments of people talking about why they're struggling to make friendships, saying the pandemics made them realize a lot. They feel more alone around people. Somebody wrote, sometimes it's better being alone because nobody can hurt you that way. And that got 600 thumbs ups of people relating to it. Another said, I'm just an introvert. Most people aren't lifelong friends anyways, because people come and go. And just like reading through these comments, Jason, you see how many people can relate. And I imagine there are going to be listeners that can really relate to this. And so on some level, I can probably relate, but in just a on a different side of this, if that makes sense. Because I feel so nourished by my relationship with you, by my relationship with my sister, by the relationship with other people in my life, by my acquaintances. like I actually feel like there's too many people to keep in touch with. And then I have older friends who I have the fortunate dynamic with that we don't talk that much. But we always have that underlying friendship. So I, I know that they'll always be there for me. If I really need them, they will answer the phone, they will show up. But a number of them have kids, for example. So it's really hard to hear from them, it's hard to schedule things. And then there are some relationships that have changed during the pandemic because of different viewpoints on COVID and politics. And, you know, there's certainly been a lot of shifts for that reason. And I don't. Mine so much because I think to the point of some of these comments, I understand that relationships shift over time. And I think taking the pressure off of having to stay friends with somebody for a really long time puts me at ease. Like, it's like, oh, I don't have to maintain this because it's so draining for me. So I think the pandemic for me, Jason, like, I am having the opposite experience. Like, I rarely feel lonely. And I actually feel stressed out and I'm nervous about people inviting me to do things. Actually, it just happened. Somebody invited me, uh, who I used to see really regularly, our mutual friends, Jason, who would invite us over to watch like TV shows or movies. Like I would see them a lot over the years. They're very social people. They invited me over to their place next week. And I respond, I say, hey, first of all, I'm not fully vaxxed yet. So I don't know if I feel ready doing that. And second of all, I'm not sure that I'm ready to dive back into socializing. I like I'm nervous, Jason, about being in that atmosphere because I think I'm afraid that people aren't gonna respect my boundaries and that they're gonna like be so like, that's maybe something I haven't even articulated before. And I'm curious if you feel this, but on a different level, it's like the mismatched energy, like everyone's trying to like dial it back in, but some people are going to be like, so social, like starved that it might be over the top. And for someone like me, like that gives me so much anxiety because like, I want to be left alone. Like I want to be someone that like, hey, let me slowly come out, you know, almost like your cat Figaro when like he can only take so much touching. He likes to be touched, but you got to know when to stop touching him. Otherwise, he's going to scratch or bite you. I won't scratch or bite someone, but I would like to sometimes because I want to be left alone. Like, let me come to you like a cat. And let me back away and leave me alone when I want to be left alone.
1: And now it is clear why you love Figaro so much. Because in some ways, he's your spirit animal. That's really funny, Whitney. And it also makes sense, too. It's sort of a dichotomy in the sense that I'm lonely and I miss having a community. I miss having consistent social interactions with people in person and yet I do resonate with what you're describing. In my own way, it's, you know, I think in some forms, the community that I was a part of previously, one of the gifts, as I mentioned, of of this time has been reflecting on how many of those relationships were not friendships. They were mild acquaintanceships under the guise of well, we're in the same movement and we're in the same community. So we're going to like get together and blah, blah, blah. But I've realized that a lot of those people that I was spending time with in social situations were not actual friends or acquaintances. There's nothing wrong with that. But I have gotten very clear about who are friends in my life and who are acquaintances. And I think that was maybe a bit muddled for me for a little while. But that being said, I think my reticence is... I don't want to be in vapid conversation. I don't want to get together with a group of people, I don't know, acting like the last fifteen months didn't happen, or just like picking up where we left off. Like, where? What world are you in? We're not picking up where we left off. Are you ignoring the last year and a half of what's occurred on the planet? Like, it's those kind of things where I don't know. I'm dreading vapid, shallow interaction, and I'm wondering how I'm going to respond when those situations inevitably do arise, because they will, whether or not I'm just going to walk away from someone and not give a fuck or gently and courteously tell them I'm not interested in having this conversation. Like, I think I'm going to be bold in some way, Whitney. I just don't know what that is, but I have no desire to engage in like in conversation that doesn't have weight or purpose or meaning or soul. Like, I'm just going you know, to either proverbially or literally walk away. So there's that like anxiety around that, which I think is similar to what you're describing. So when I say community, like I want to be around real people, real people who are in touch with their emotions, with their perspectives, who aren't afraid to be vulnerable and uncomfortable and real. And I think that's probably going to take time to build that kind of community again. It's going to take time for me to find those people. And it may not be in L.A. I mean, I've talked ad nauseum on this podcast for any longtime listeners about moving, which I still intend on doing. And I guess that means I'll just have to seek out and, you know, build a new community somewhere else. And that's fine because I don't feel like I have a community here anyway anymore. And the people I was in community with, again, when I think about most of them, I'm like, I don't want to hang out with y'all motherfuckers anyway. Like just being real, real And I think about the handful of people I have seen during the pandemic, and those are real friends. Those are like humans I know that I can count on, whether the tide is high or the tide is low. Like it's really revealed, Whitney, the depth and the meaningfulness of specific friendships and the vapidity and the shallowness of other acquaintanceships. So it's been a gift in that sense. But this idea of this loneliness epidemic, as I, as I mentioned earlier, if you Google this phrase, it is absolutely fascinating what is coming up around loneliness, globally speaking. We're not just talking about the US, we're talking about globally. And there's an article that I pulled up and sent to you, Whitney, before we started from The Atlantic. It really is a fantastic website. We've referenced many articles from The Atlantic. And the article is titled, The Voices of the Loneliness Epidemic. And to summarize really quickly, there's a a very short 13 and a half minute documentary, docu video that basically highlights. It's called Disconnected, by the way, this documentary. And it was done by, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's a British filmmaker in her 20s called Alice E.D. And she was documenting these anonymous phone calls that were left on the voicemail in the inbox of the The UK, the British minister of loneliness, there was a minister appointed to address the loneliness epidemic in the United Kingdom. And these phone calls that I believe were children, you know, people in their late teens and early 20s to mid 20s was really, I just felt pain in my heart. You know, and this anonymous hotline where these young people were calling into is like, you know, there's no one to respond to them or judge them. It was kind of like them stepping into a confessional box if anyone's been to church before. And it's just interesting to hear about how like London is this loneliness hotspot and these these major cities around the world, you know, are these loneliness hotspots where, you know, you have millions of people in any of these given cities, but people feel more disconnected and more lonely than ever before. So we're going to link to this article and this mini documentary in the show notes at com. It's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Click on the podcast section. It'll take you to the transcript in the show notes where you'll see this disconnected documentary. But the epidemic, how they're, they're the experts, if you will, are, are labeling this, they say it is an actual venerable public health crisis. And some research studies they're referencing in this article show that loneliness and chronic social isolation can be as damaging to physical health, get this, as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's fucking mind-blowing. And apparently this, this loneliness and this lack of social relationships increases the likelihood of mortality by 26%. And the same study found that when compared with people with weak social ties, people who enjoyed meaningful, deep relationships were more than 50% more likely to survive and have a longer lifespan. Like that is fascinating. And just really briefly, there's a guy, he's a neuroscience professor at the University of Chicago. John, uh, everyone's name is so difficult to pronounce in this article. John Cassioppo uh, wrote a book called Loneliness, Human Nature and the Need for Social Connection. Definitely going to pick that up. And found that loneliness affected us on a cellular level and alters the way our genes are expressed, Whitney. This is fascinating to me. And I think it talks to a deep-seated biological need for us to be connected to one another. And it's no shock we've referenced this in previous episodes about the massive spike in binge drinking and alcoholism, particularly with women over the over the, the pandemic we've experienced and the level of drug addiction, the level of suicide. I mean, we, we've referenced all these in previous episodes of this might get uncomfortable, but to see research that it's affecting us on a cellular level, that it's altering the gene expression from loneliness and lack of social connection. I mean, for me, I've had like physical pain When I feel lonely, Whitney, like literally I will, my heart will hurt when I feel that depth of loneliness. It will feel like someone's taking like a tiny butter knife and like stabbing me in the heart. So to hear that it's affecting us on an actual physical cellular level, I resonate with that deeply. And I think it comes back to like, you know, how are we going to address this? Not just on an individual level, me talking about wanting community, but I think it's going to be really interesting Whit to see how humanity handles this in a post pandemic world. Like how are we going to reconnect with each other? And I I think it goes back to like the weirdness I've been feeling when I look at social media and seeing people like having these giant Memorial Day parties today. No, I just, I feel like some people act like nothing ever happened. Like some people are just like, yeah, we're fucking partying. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, (gasps) I want that, but I also feel freaked out by it. And so it makes me feel even weirder to observe people like snapping back into these social situations so quickly and so effortlessly when I feel a mixture of loneliness and sadness but wanting that kind of social interaction but like you wit I feel like I I need I need like a ramp up period to get used to those things again and so seeing people doing that and like snapping their fingers and jumping into these parties again I almost feel like there's something wrong with me. I know there isn't, but I feel like there's something wrong with me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I think it's really challenging because there are so many different perspectives and comfort levels. And that's what I mean. We're out of sync with each other. And maybe we were more out of sync than we realized before. It'd be really interesting to see studies about how many people identify as introverts now because I feel like that word has been used a lot in the past year and maybe it was already building in being a trend before the pandemic, but the pandemic just kind of brought it more to the surface and it's tough. It's to me, very similar to social media, Jason. Like I, I had a conversation with a social media client today who feels so much shame around how she's showing up online and i was listening to her and realizing that she's just looking at all these other people on social media who appear to have it all together through their follower counts through their type of posting through their consistency and she's looking at herself and thinking okay i don't have the same amount of followers i'm not as consistent i'm not doing the same type of posts and she's not doing those things because it's just not something that she wants to do right now, but she feels the pressure to show up. And so she feels less than, and she feels shame and all of these emotions that come up because of that comparison. And I said, well, the truth is that people probably aren't even noticing what you're not doing because they're also focused on what other people are doing. So in a way, like you can hang back and be quiet and, you're just not bringing very much attention to yourself which might not serve some of your goals from a marketing perspective but like it's not like people are going to your account and thinking like wow look she hasn't done this or that or look at what she's not doing and maybe some people do that but like i don't think that's as common i think most people are looking at somebody else and thinking those things and I feel like that's similar to what you're describing, Jason, because the people that are really into parties, they're not like, wow, Jason's not here. Oh my gosh. I mean, unless they're a really close friend of yours and they're personally disappointed, but I don't think right now people are, the majority of people are paying attention to what others are doing because they're too busy comparing themselves to somebody else. You know, like I think people right now might feel ready to socialize, but Perhaps their bodies changed and they're feeling re- really self conscious. I mean, that's a big thing too, you know. Like as you've talked about and I've, I've experienced, like my body certainly changed during COVID, and like I'm starting to feel more comfortable and I've been back in a flow that I feel good with in terms of taking care of my body and building internal confidence despite how it looks on the outside, you know. But I certainly have my insecurities, and I have to remember that. I imagine most people feel insecure about how they look because we're just not even used to being observed by others in person. So that's going to feel awkward for most people, and I bet you most people are feeling those emotions about themselves. They're, they don't—they're not even thinking about what what you are, right? Unless they're comparing themselves to you for good, good or bad. And then I bet you a lot of people are socializing sooner than they feel comfortable, Jason, because th- they're trying to push themselves outside of their comfort zones or maybe they feel peer pressure. You know, I feel fortunate that that none of my friends or family are like pushing me to socialize. I'm preparing for it because June and July, there's a number of events going on and I made the decision to get vaccinated so that I would feel socially comfortable because You know, one of the big hesitations for me, Jason, was like my fear of getting COVID or spreading COVID. So, like, that's prevented me from socializing, as I think many people have felt, except for people that don't think that COVID is real or feel somehow protected from it in whatever way. On that note, too, like, I feel like recently, Jason, I've been hearing more stories of people who have been affected by COVID. I feel like, Off the top of my head, like I've just I've heard a good number of stories of people passing away from covid and it still is a very real thing. And I still feel like I want to be very cautious. I'm curious in the next few weeks, once I'm fully vaccinated, what it'll be like, like I'm looking forward to to getting my second shot and being, you know, officially fully vaccinated, Jason. But what if I get to that point and I don't feel that different. What if I get to that point and go start socializing and recognize like whoa, I'm this is too much too soon. You know, I have no idea. I can only take it day by day. Today I went out to a different part of Los Angeles and walked around and it was busier and like it definitely feels uncomfortable. I'm looking forward to being fully vaccinated cuz I think I'll feel more comfortable like taking my mask down while I'm walking down the street, but I don't know if I'll feel fully comfortable not wearing my mask in public settings. Like, you know, I think that could take me some time, but at, at least in the back of my head, I'll think there'll be like that difference between what I personally feel. And then like what the CDC is saying. And it's like, all right, I might personally have some anxiety, but if the CDC says that since I'm fully vaccinated, that it's okay for me to do these things, like that gives me some comfort. And that was part of, why I made the decision to get the vaccine. And I think also to some level, Jason, I knew that in order for me to start to feel ready to socialize, that it was important for me to get the vaccine so that I could feel like I could start making the progress towards socializing again. Because the more I reflected on it, the more I recognized that a lot of my fear around COVID, whether I got it myself or was asymptomatic and spread it to other people. Like that was a lot of stress and and still is in this moment since I'm not fully vaxxed. Like it's stressful to me. It was stressful to be around my parents last year when I traveled. Like it was stressful, like the extremes and like it was stressful having those conversations with people. It was stressful being around people that felt more comfortable than I did. And and feeling that awkwardness of trying to stay six feet apart and wear masks. And like, it was stressful. There were times where I let my guard down and was a little bit more relaxed about how I was acting with people than I truly felt comfortable. But I gave in through the peer pressure, Jason. And it's like, right now from what I know, I'm looking forward to being fully vaxxed simply so that I, I can feel like, all right, I can let my guard down. And I, I can ease back in and I don't have to have that weird social experience. But on that note, Jason, I think what the next wave socially is, I think it's going to be awkward for some time. This like, did you get vaccinated or not conversation? You know, some people were saying how flying on airplanes right now, like I don't feel ready to do that because I'm not sure if it's, airplanes, or if it was something else I was reading, there was a story of this woman who just like felt so deeply uncomfortable going on the airplane when she realized that they were full again. And she had to sit directly next to a stranger. And she was like, if I had known that I would have like put more protection on, I would have had two masks and a face shield on like, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I honestly cannot imagine being on an airplane. Like that scares the shit out of me. And like, I think it's going to be uncomfortable, Jason, once I'm fully vaccinated and starting to be in more social situations of like it crossing my mind. Is this person not wearing a mask because they're fully vaccinated or are they not wearing a mask because they're anti-mask? You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like a judgment thing. It's like a safety thing. And it's a trust thing. Like, I don't want to, it feels uncomfortable for me to ask somebody if they're vaccinated because I'm not trying to like judge them, but like, are they hugging me because they're vaccinated or are they hugging me because they feel safe and they're not vaccinated? You know what I mean? Like, is it in them those situations where like, yeah, I, I'm really nervous about that. The more that I reflect on it, Jason, because there's a number of friends, there's a number of people I know who Are either on the fence, hesitant, or maybe they've made up their mind and they don't want to get vaccinated. And that's, I respect their choice, but I don't know if they respect me enough to keep a distance. Because right now, if somebody's not fully vaccinated, I want to stay six feet apart and I want to be masked. Like I'm not comfortable. And I'm not so certain that like a fully vaccinated person and a a non vaccinated person are completely safe to be around each other. Like I don't feel comfortable for that in this moment. So there's going to be those types of situations is my point that are going to make socializing like more complicated.
1: Not to mention dating. Holy smokes. Two things really quick on that tip, Whitney. There's been some really interesting memes floating around and full disclosure, the acquaintances and friends in my life are all over the map on this issue. Not just the idea of loneliness, which I'm gonna tie this into what I'm about to say, but the issue of who's vaxxed, who's not, how do we communicate about it, and also how it's gonna affect dating. So I had I had one he used to be a friend, he's more of an acquaintance now, to be to be real about it, posts a lot of anti-vax stuff. And, you know, he's he's hardcore about it. I respect him. He posts some funny stuff too, which I appreciate the funny stuff more than I do like the the biblical shit that he posts. But he posted something about like the dating criteria, like eats organic, does yoga, vegan, meditator, no vaccine. Like, you know, this is like his criteria now of like, I'm not going to touch you or come near you if you're vaccinated. Like there's that kind of stuff going around now, right? Of where where I've, I've seen people literally post like men and women, if you are vaccinated, You're out of my dating pool. Like, just like, I won't even consider you as a partner. Like that is going around like wildfire. The other thing I've seen to go back to the, I suppose, foundational topic of this, this episode about loneliness and social isolation is people, how do I even phrase this? People in the same kind of sentiment around here who are choosing to not be vaccinated, wearing their sovereignty and isolation as a badge of honor. To paraphrase kind of like, yeah, if I don't have any fucking friends after this, I'll just be alone and be not vaccinated and y'all can go fuck yourselves. Like kind of that kind of language, you know, where it's like where they're not going to hang around with vaccinated people anymore. They're essentially saying, if you're vaccinated, we're not going to be friends and we're not going to hang out anymore. And they're taking pride in their sense of isolation and sovereignty. So there's that, which is really fascinating to me, psychologically, very fascinating of them essentially, you know, cutting people out of their lives if they're choosing to be vaccinated. That's interesting. The other thing, and this is totally off back to the air travel thing. I wanted to pause this real quick and grab. I haven't showed you this yet. So I recently got sent something in the mail. I have not tried it yet, but I'm very interested to use this device specifically for air travel. I just wanted to show it really quick. I haven't put it on yet, but I did receive it in the mail and it's related to the air travel thing. So let me grab it real quick. So dig this. I just pulled this off of my bookshelf. I have not tried it yet. The company just sent it to me. And my intention is to use this for my next plane flight. This is something I read about last year that they were going to come out with. And it's kind of like super tech geeky. It's in the package. So you can't, it's a helmet called the air microclimate. And this is essentially a wearable helmet with two HEPA air filters that circulate fresh air throughout the module. So it's, it's like a space helmet with air filters in it, essentially is what it is. And apparently the filtration system is supposed to be uh, effective against microparticulates. And again, I have not even taken it out of the package yet. I was reading online about this air microclimate, Whitney, though, that at airports and depending on, on the air carrier, that some of them have actually requested demanded i guess if you don't do it they probably don't let you on the flight so maybe demanded that people wear masks inside the helmet and that certain helmet wearers of this air microclimate were like it's a completely hermetically sealed helmet on top of my head why are you asking me to wear a fucking mask so some people have been kind of bitching about certain policies of like there's nothing getting in the helmet wearing a mask isn't going to help so it will be interesting when i take this on a flight to see how Airline staff responds, you know, I. it's like, fine, I'm going to get on the flight. So if I have to wear a mask, it's dumb. It doesn't make any biological sense to have a fully enclosed helmet with a mask on. But anyway, that's what I've heard online with some people complaining about people at airlines requesting that. I am interested to see not only how it works, but I'm interested to see what kind of reactions I get in the airport <laughs> wearing this high tech space age air filtration helmet. You know, because it's probably going to look nuts, but I also don't give a shit because I'm fine looking nuts and I'm fine looking like a crazy person.
0: Well, what are you waiting for? Why don't you try it on right now?
1: Well, okay. I guess I, okay. I mean, I don't know if I have to like charge it or uh, I'll put it on. It doesn't
0: have to work. Okay. I'll put it it on. on.
1: Okay. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) I won't be able to do it with the headphones on though. So, all right, let's try it on. Okay. Yeah. Let me unbox it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, keep yourself unmuted. So we can hear all the ASMR sounds. Mm,
1: Has that new helmet smell. (laughs) Whatever that is. Oh, this is interesting.
0: Is it heavy?
1: It's not at all. It's, It's actually probably half the weight of my motorcycle helmet. So it's really light. And of course, they always sent me the bonus gel pack. Thanks for the bonus gel pack. I always wonder why they do that. Like. Why a gel pack and a helmet? Okay, let's see. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so apparently, like, it has this... All right, I'm just going to put it on. <laughs> oh, wow, interesting. I don't think you can see this, but inside here, where your mouth goes, because this is, this is the bottom of it, there's two giant filters on the bottom here. Like, two cool. massive HEPA filters. All right, let me try it on. Can you hear me? <laughs> It's not like super fitted. It's not it's not super comfortable. It's like it's like a little bit like kind of like I w- I would imagine a hazmat suit or a hazmat mask would feel. It's pretty resistant to fog though, so that's good. And it does have these adjustable ties on the bottom. But yeah, it feels sealed pretty well. It's really it's it's interesting. It's hot though. Oh my god. Whoa. Whoa. All right. So it's, it's pretty cool, but I have to say that the fit isn't like fit, like, like a motorcycle helmet is, is fitted to my head, right? It's, it's pretty much as close to custom. This is like one size fits all. So I would imagine if you're someone like Andre, the giant who has a massive RIP, this would fit him really well. I tend to have a pretty big head and this was kind of on the loose side, But that's not the part that potentially bugs me. It is hot inside that helmet because it literally it goes around your entire neck, as you saw. And you can you can really tighten that to make sure it's like like nothing like it's going to be hard for anything to get in there. okay? but it's going man, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm going to be like sweating like, you know, that's the only thing about it. So I am going to try it with the air filters activated and see if it's less hot in there. But I don't know. I still feel like I want to take it on a plane and see how it works. If nothing else, then for the reactions of people like, who's this? Who's this weirdo? <laughs> I like getting reactions out of people. What can I say? So stay tuned for a future review on the on the air microclimate. Shout out to air for sending it to me. And I have no idea how you how you guys found me, by the way. If they just sent me an email like, do you want to try one of these out? I'm like, yeah. So I am going to try it out. Hopefully when I go see my mom in Detroit soon. So, Yeah. And is there anything else we have to share? <laughs> do we want, oh, do we want to tell people, Whitney, about our new Hello Audio venture? We Okay, so I'll, I'll hand it off to Whitney in a second, but we have a very special announcement. We've teased it in a previous episode about a private podcast. We are launching on a new platform called Hello Audio.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, Jason, and there's a lot to discover. So we definitely want feedback. And mainly we're experimenting with different forms of audio releases. And there's this incredible platform called Hello Audio that we just joined today, May 31st. I've had the pleasure of getting to know one of the co-founders and another now recently. And I just feel like they're doing something really great for audio. So if you're a podcaster, check out Hello Audio. We'll put our affiliate link in our description if it gets you any sort of discount code that could be great. They do trials and we're going to try it out and probably test it out for the next few months. And there's a lot of different things that we can do with it, Jason, because being podcasters and as much as we've loved doing the show, I just want to continue to explore like how else can we reach people? And I actually think it's great for minimizing device or visual device usage. And that's what I'm really interested in. And our show is long, so I think it'd be fun to experiment with a shorter show. I'm on the fence. Like I, I we're going to start off with doing it private, and there's part of me that's like, oh, like should it be another public podcast? But that kind of feels like a lot of pressure. And we want to do something special for our dedicated listeners and our patrons. So I think the plan right now, is that it'll be available to newsletter subscribers. It'll be an extra perk for Patreon supporters. And we'll take it from there. And Jason, I think this is a good time for me to run by some names I've been throwing around in real time. By the time somebody listens to this episode, we'll probably have made up our mind on this. But now you get a little behind the scenes. So I wanted to have our new private show which is going to be our product and service shout-out. So even though Jason just did a, a product shout-out, this show will be a weekly release. It'll be much shorter, under 10 minutes, maybe closer to 5 minutes. And we'll be jo- talking about products that we love, from food to online services to experiences we've had, restaurants you know, drinks, supplements, basically the things that we typically talk about at the end of our show. And instead of waiting for the end, you can just listen to this podcast separately. So I've been trying to think of something that would be complimentary to our show name. This might get uncomfortable. And the first thing that I talked about in a previous episode was, why don't we just call it comfort food? But then I thought that's so generic, like somebody's got to claimed that. And there are a couple podcasts, although it doesn't look like any of them are active. The downside would be that it would imply that it was mostly about food. So I thought, nah, I also thought about soul food, but like same thing. Plus like, I want to tie in the word comfort. So I looked up other phrases with the word comfort, Jason, and one that came up was creature comforts, which is like kind of fun, but like a little too out there. This one, I thought you might like, Oh, He's having a light bulb moment. I, I thought this was cute. I don't think this is quite right, but crumb of comfort. That's like kind of cute, right? Like, you know, here's one little thing you can have that'll give you some comfort. And that acknowledges the fact that the show is not like it's more of a band aid than like a deep solution. Like, doing things like eating food, drinking drinks, taking supplements, they are crumbs of comfort. You know, I kind of like that name. Wait, what was your aha? I have, a, I have more to share, but what, what came up for <laughs> you when I said creature comforts?
1: There's okay. So two things. One, I'll try and keep this story short. When I was singing in bands in Detroit in the early 2000s, there was another band in the city that I loved was one of my favorite local bands. They're no longer together called the Atomic Numbers. And they have a great song phenomenal song called creature comforts that we could use as the intro because i could direct message their former guitarist who owns a studio in detroit and be like hey we're thinking about maybe using a song i know the band isn't together anymore so like what could you give us permission anyway we could do that the other thing that i thought a modification since we are featuring Different products, services, shout outs, things we recommend and use and love. What if it was creature feature comforts or featured creature comforts? Creature feature. I like putting in creature feature. Feature creature, creature feature. Feature creature comforts, creature feature comforts. I think putting featured, featured creature comforts. It's hard to say, but it kind of, what do you think?
0: I like where you're going, but. Not sure yet. (laughs) Same. Let me read you some more off the list. The other that I thought was kind of cute, but like also might not work is care package comfort zone. It's like, maybe that could be something tied into like the website. Like, Hey, you're coming into the comfort zone. Cause we're going to have to have like a, maybe that's like the section of our web, our newsletter. Cause this will be available for newsletter subscribers and patrons. So it could be like, Come into the comfort zone. Or maybe that's part of your jingle because I'm going to encourage you, Jason, to write a jingle for this. The other one, I don't think it's going to work, but like it was a phrase that I was like, hmm, security blanket. Like I kind of like that feel of it being cozy. Then we have some phrases. Ooh, actually, I mean, I really like the word cozy. So there was similar to the word comfy. So I was like, can we work in the word comfy, like making someone comfy and cozy? You know, like food that makes us feel good or a phrase like take comfort in this. I think my favorite, though, Jason, if we want to have it similar to our current podcast name is something like this hits the spot. Uh, That's very satisfying to say.
1: That's and that's something I use all the time in colloquial speech. It's like, oh, I hit the spot. I use that all the time. I actually like that. This hits the spot. This hits the spot. I mean everyone knows that phrase, everyone knows what it means. It's it implies deep satisfaction, which is why we're sharing these things cuz we do feel deeply satisfied by them. I actually that's growing on me. I like that.
0: I also like deeply satisfied cuz satisfied is one of my favorite words too. Or just satisfying. It could be this is satisfying.
1: This eh, I like I like satisfaction satisfaction action action satisfaction satisfaction action jackson fast i don't know there's something there so far i like creature comforts because i imagined us having a friend of ours designing a cute little logo with a cute little monster with a little blanket wrapped around him or her it them and having like a donut in one hand and some supplements in the other hand and having like I don't know, like like representing the things we review in the cute little creature icon. I like that because I think that there could be a cool logo we could design for that, but I also like this hits the spot that's I mean that implies you get a lot out of that title. you get a lot out of both titles. Those are my top two so far.
0: okay. The other contenders were "This brings us comfort or "This just got comfortable
1: <laughs> that's it's like two on the nose though. Don't you think this just got, I don't know. I don't
0: know. People will be confused.
1: People would be, they'd be like, which one? Do we want to listen to the comfortable (laughs) podcast or the uncomfortable one? Shit. What kind of mood am I in today? But like in a way, (laughs) that's
0: kind of cool, right? Like it's the antithesis. It's like, you know, maybe some people don't listen to our show because they're afraid it's going to be too like depressing.
1: I don't know. This hits the spot. This might get uncomfortable. This hits the spot. I don't have to think about it. I I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to maybe compile these choices like we did with This Might Get Uncomfortable and get really trusted feedback from our close friends and business associates, which is by the way how we chose this name.
0: I don't want to get an analysis paralysis. I want to just like pull the trigger and I think I just looked up like it doesn't look like there's a show called This Hits the Spot, but when I looked in quotations on Google for This Hits the Spot. Like phrases like now this hits the spot or ah this hits the spot. Like I love that just <laughs> Wait, can uh, you come up can you come up with a little jingle on the fly before we wrap up this episode? Because we gotta go record this hits the spot. I, I like it- the name. I think we gotta go with that. <sighs> so what's the this hits the spot jingle, Jason? And you can weave in like the creature comforts and we can still have that be our logo.
1: <laughs> I said no. Ah, this hits the spot. With our favorite products, we're going to drop it like it's hot. You got creatures and the show and the features, supplements, foods to get you in the good mood. Ah, this hits the spot. Just pulled that out of my butt cheeks, but I'm sure there will be something there because I can put it on piano and record There's a theme song in here somewhere, but I do see a little creature with a blanket and a sauna, and some food, and I don't know. I see in my mind's eye a cute little logo for this. So there's something I see here. it
0: as like a green creature with fangs, but cute, kind of like your cat, Claudia.
1: We'll turn Claudia into the logo.
0: Like a fluffy, green, cat-like creature with fangs. And you wings. Mean, yeah. And like, we need somebody to design that.
1: I know the right person. Our previous guest, Ruby Roth, our previous guest, Ruby Roth can design it. Then
0: we need some more patrons so that we can pay for it.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, yes, dear listeners, if you want to support us and our brand new private podcast, when you sign up as a patron on our Patreon account, it's uh, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R dot com. And your support and your monthly juge can help us fund the creation of this new logo.
0: And we could create all sorts of cool merch, like this hits the spot stickers, this hits the spot t-shirts, mugs, like cool merch, maybe water bottles, reusable straws, like we could, we could start doing a whole line with this cute little creature,
1: Interesting, and it would be
0: exclusive to patrons.
1: Well, there's some incentive for you, y'all. There's some incentive. Up the wazoo.
0: And maybe what else, Jason, you could do. You could start doing some of your jingles as Patreon perks.
1: I could. I could do you that. Ca-
0: you know, come up with them on the fly. Can it's you try true. just before we wrap a little bit more of the This It's the spots theme song? I know that you have a little more in you.
1: Do you want me to do it on piano or no?
0: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't
1: know if you're going to be able to hear it, though.
0: Well, just move your mic over there. As long as we can hear your voice, I love that he's up for
1: this. I've got a plug in the piano. Hold on. <laughs> Playing live piano?
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Let's see. Let's see what happens. Whoa. This hits the spot We got a lot of products Gonna drop it like it's hot And we're gonna hook you up with food To get you in a good mood Change your attitude It's, oh, this is the spot We're gonna tickle that spot That needs to get touched Ooh, you know that secret spot you don't tell no one about We gon' touch you gon' make you want to shout got chocolate bars got the stars gonna chit you when you can you mono oh you got a chocolate bar oh. I know that was only one chord but it's it's a work in progress so anyway we'll work on it my my
0: request is one more bit but don't make it just about food because we're also talking about all sorts of other things that hit the spot such as such as product recommendations
1: services that we stand by things that should go make you feel good if you're A shaman or a gadfly. Got CBD, terpenes, THC, gonna make you feel free. Got essential oils, transient oil. Got extra virgin olive oil. We gonna recommend our favorite stuff. We ain't gonna tell you about all that fluff. The only fluff you gonna have is in
0: our logo. <laughs> and and we won't include any MLMs.
1: No, no. We have a guarantee on this podcast. We will not ever share MLM products with you. That's a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I do have to say that when we talked about MLMs, and I mentioned that I kind of like inadvertently joined an MLM, but like didn't promote it like an MLM. I don't know. Should we guarantee it? Yes, I, I, yeah, but I want to join an MLM, and you believed in the products. Like, I mean, what if it's you know, I don't a, know, I'm a just-
1: kinder, gentler MLM.
0: But like, can't you promote a product without doing it in the MLM style is my question. I guess we need feedback on this. This is a good reason for people to email us. Yeah. Because we're not, again, similar to the vaccines. If you are part of an MLM, you know, we're not, I'm not like going to be someone that's like, I can't talk to you and you're a horrible person because you're part of an MLM. Like, no, it's just that. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the practices, the cliche elements of it. But like, I'm just saying, there are people that we know and love, and both of us have joined MLMs. So it's not like you're a bad person and the products are bad. It's just like there's elements of the MLM cliches that we're done online. It's, cu- it's culty. It's okay. We have it's a cool. whole episode on this. We'll link to it. But I don't want I don't want people to feel like. They're not like they're
1: welcome here if they're in yeah. an MLM. No, you are welcome here. We just we don't personally align with some of the marketing practices that we've experienced in our MLMs. Let's be just—that's more accurate.
0: Well, that's not fully true because the one that I was part of in the episode, I talked about how they're no longer an MLM, but they were right, and I didn't ever have a problem with them. I treated it like another affiliate referral. I wasn't doing anything. MLME, if that's a term, like yeah, yeah. But you had a completely different experience. Yeah, but, where I was, but well, you believed yeah. you believed in the product, though. Like
1: they're delicious. Would you still
0: promote their product, or you're saying you won't ever promote their product, like even on a gentle level?
1: I won't because the marketing tactics and the business structure uh, scared me away. You're scaring everyone away. It scared me away, and I didn't feel, you know. Like, I wanted to succumb to the pressure of like walking around being like, hey, brothers and sisters, do you want to live forever? Do you want to live forever? Do you want to piss gold? Do you want to shit platinum? Then take these products. It's like, is this really going to make me piss gold and shit platinum? Yeah. You just need to take this for a year and sign up for my subscription service so you can piss gold. Yeah, that just wasn't my wasn't my bag, but it could be your bag. No judgment. Just wasn't wasn't for me. What we do want to be your bag is to go to our website, wellevator.com, check out the show notes, the transcripts. We will link to everything we mentioned today so you can do some looking and researching and downloading on the internets. And we also, as Whitney mentioned and I mentioned, we have a great Patreon account. So if you feel like supporting this podcast, helping us grow, get this new private podcast out there, get a logo based on my cat, great great and i will throw in jingles so if you want to join patreon i'll throw in some jingles too that being said we will be back again for another episode we've got them every monday every wednesday our guests are on friday we have some kick-ass guests coming up i really think our lineup lately has been phenomenal so stay tuned stay with us stay uncomfortable. Or if you want to get on Patreon and enjoy the private podcast, get very comfortable and cozy with us. We offer it all. So thanks for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for enjoying and supporting our witty repartee and our crazy banter. And we'll see you again for another episode of This Might Get Uncomfortable.
0: Peaches.